0: Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick
1: Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. 802 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, SportsNet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Accurate Dealers. Experience a Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accurate Dealer. Today we are in hour three of the program. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound, real estate appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at Campbell-Pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintec studio, Kintec Canada's favorite orthotics
2: provider powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. feet? what are you waiting for?
1: Kintec, that's what you're waiting for. We go now to the Dispatch Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Hotline to talk to Rick Dollywall from the Donnie and Dolly Show, Check TV, connects reporter here on the Halford and Brough Show on Sports 650. What up, Rick? How are you this fine Friday? Oh, Friday,
3: Super Bowl weekend. Couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. What's going on with Phil Kessel, buddy? Oh boy! Oh um, boy. The, you know, what's funny is that Taylor and I got here. We get to work early. Henderson just walked in. The young guy. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? No work ethic. No work ethic. Exactly. Henderson isn't Why? even
2: that young anymore. <laughs> like Why let's let's stop let's guys? stop
3: calling Henderson young. He is young. He's like 25, 26 max. <laughs> but why are the old guys getting to work early? Taylor and I have been here half an hour. I don't know. Fine. Maybe
2: maybe you had to wake up and
3: pee. <laughs> hey, speaking of old guys, <laughs> Phil, hey, there's no peeing issues. We're not that old. Um, Phil Castle's old, and the Canucks, uh, they have talked about him, and they've discussed him lately. They've also kept in regular contact with his agent. Uh, they like his experience, uh, what he's done in the past, and he's got a relationship, you guys know, with Tockett, Elvin and Rutherford. Tockett coached him in Arizona. Rutherford acquired him in Pittsburgh. Um, the comment from Tockett in Toronto last weekend, there's value in Phil. I think he can still play 100%. Boy, that was telling, and maybe tells you who's driving, you know, Phil in Vancouver, possibly. Uh, Canucks talked to his agent in the summer as well. But the agent was looking for a contract uh, before training camp and teams were offering, I'm going to guess, including the Canucks-only PTOs. The biggest issue with Kessel is conditioning. He hasn't played in eight months. He only played four playoff games for Vegas. The number one thing Taka did when he got to Vancouver, he made sure everyone got in tip-top shape. Castle would obviously need a conditioning stint in the minors. Some people think maybe more than that. team may want to work with him for a couple of weeks before they sent him to the minors. Th- th- these are all things you're hearing. Um, Kessel doesn't cost you anything in assets, and the money will be low. It'll be prorated on 750 or 8 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. The Kessel decision may not be far away. Some think soon. Tockett's clearly a fan of the guy. He went out of his way in Toronto to let everyone know he still thinks he can play. I'm not sure where this goes, but the Canucks definitely are poking around uh, Kessel for sure.
2: Rick, can you think of the fit on this yeah. current Canucks roster? Like, where would Phil Kessel slot in?
3: First of all, they got a centerman playing in the top six as a winger. That's that's uh, Suter. Then you got Mikheyev, who is really struggling offensively. I don't think he scored in, my goodness, 18, 19 games. So mm-hmm. you've got two guys there that are kind of out of sync in the top six. I Look... The luxury they have is an incredible amount of people that can play center. I don't know where Rick Tockett thinks the Kessel would play, but I'm going to guess a natural winger um, like Kessel would make a lot more sense. And, you know, if Suter is dropped to center and Mont can go out, they'd be incredibly... I mean, Miller, yeah. Patterson, Bluger, and Suter up the middle would be incredibly strong. And you also have Lindholm... Uh, that can play at center. So they have all these options. They have – I just don't know if if Tockett thinks of him as top six or bottom six because right now I don't want to touch that third line. They showed you no. again last night, uh, again, their importance, and the fourth line is the fourth, la- fourth line, you know, Hoglander, Lafferty, and Amon. So I don't know where uh, – you know, talk at is thinking, but I do know that McKeever right now. I don't know if he's a long-term fix. And when he was in Toronto, he was in the bottom six. And I think the way the Canucks got him is they obviously told him you'll get a shot in the top six. But you know, you got a suitors there. He's a centerman, so I, I there you could see where they could think possibly to Jason maybe in the top six, and yeah. maybe they think so. But I, I I go back to this. He hasn't played in eight months. And, you know, you know that he's going to be sent to Abbotsford for a condition extent if it happens. But all the all the teams right now, uh, their concern with the agent right now is, is he in shape? And how can we get him? Not only is he in shape, but is he in NHL game shape? There's a big difference between the two. Was he a
2: healthy scratch in the playoffs most of the time for Vegas last year? Yeah,
3: yeah. he only yeah. played four games. He right. only played four. Um but there is a relationship yeah. with this guy. They know him inside. He won two cups with him, did he not, in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh? And then talked at him. Um, in a third-line role. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. But there just seems to me, um, uh, when they're talking to the agent this week, it just seems to me that there are some people in that Canuck organization that obviously like him a lot.
1: I, I, it's interesting on a multitude of levels because he was an every game player for Vegas last year during the ring. He played all 82 games. That's right. Kessel did. Um, I, and I can't I, – so when I heard about this, I started looking around and the one that jumped out, now totally different style of players, although they're both forwards, but Zach Parise signing in Colorado. Like a That's lot right. of similarities there, right? Because Parise – played all 82 games last year. He had 21 goals. And then the way that it was framed there was it was more Parisse wasn't willing to commit to a full 82-game season this year. He wanted to rest and figure out where he wanted to go. And in addition, there were multiple contenders calling on him. Are there other teams reaching out to Kessel, or is it really just the Canucks at this stage of the game? No,
3: there's other teams. There's other teams. His agent has is, is obviously been working. You know, before training camp, they, they thought – they were going to get something, and then, like I said, the Canucks did talk to them in August, and, and talks broke down, but I, I do believe they probably just offered a PTO, not a a contract, and I think the agent at the time before training camp was looking for a contract. No, but to answer your question, Mike, they, the Canucks are not the only team poking around. There are other teams that are poking around, and one of the reasons is, guys, so many teams are up against the cap, and Kessel's a freebie, right, He doesn't cost you any assets, and, you know, you're not breaking the bank by signing him. He is only 36. Uh, He's not 38, 39, 40, and, you know, last year, you know, and you nailed it, 82 games, 36 points. The year before that in Arizona, he had 52 Mm -hmm. points. He scored 20 goals of 14 last year, 23 years ago. So I, I just think that the combination of talk at Alvina Rutherford, knowing this guy inside out, is probably why they're poking around, kicking the tires on him. But I, 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 I just, again, go back to you. I, the Canucks just coughed up a first-round pick for Lindholm. I don't think they're in the mood to cough up any more first-round picks or you know anything of that ilk uh, going forward. Uh,
2: are they poking around any other potential trades? It doesn't have to be for a first-round pick, but uh, what are you hearing on that front?
3: Well, first of all, Alveen's been busy scouting. He was in Boston at the Beanpot Tournament over the weekend. He's in Michigan right now. There's a big tournament. There's a ton of NHL people in Michigan. Also, um, uh, Canucks have that NCAA uh, defenseman, Trescott, in Michigan this week. So um, Patrick's been busy scouting, but clearly they would like to add a defenseman. They've been po- they've been calling teams about a D. The Flames still think they can eventually, I'm not saying today, eventually get a first-round pick for Tanev. Canucks can't do that. They really like him, and they realize there's a ton of interest in him around the league, but it's going to be hard to part with another first-round pick for Vancouver. I don't know if you guys watched last night, but Tanev got hurt twice, left the bench, came back both times. I mean, this guy is, is – and that's Calgary's worst nightmare right there if Tanev gets hurt. He left twice last night in New Jersey, came back both times. The guy just – his threshold – threshold for paying this guy after the Edmonton series two years ago the laundry list of injuries he had was incredible it's one of the reasons why he's coveted and so many people around the NHL respect him so much is because of that but I it clearly looks like to me they're making phone calls uh, for a defenseman Susie is uh Susie had a a soft cast on his broken knuckle last time I checked Mm -hmm. so I mean he's still a few weeks away but when he gets back you know Um, You always got to be worried. He's been injured three times this uh, year, guys, kind of fluke injuries. But you got to protect yourself and have the right depth, uh, especially on D uh, for the playoffs. So you can understand why they're out there trying to uh, get another defenseman.
2: You know, Rick, the more I watch that third line with Dakota Joshua and Teddy Boger, the more I think, man, it'd be nice to be able to bring those guys back. Uh, Any updates on the pending UFAs the Canucks have? Because they have some key guys.
3: Look at Joshua last night, guys. The breakaway early, seventeen seconds draws the penalty, and they give up. a I mean, that. Yeah, Joshua cost you know, them
2: the game with that uh, drawn penalty.
3: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they scored the winning goal. But just <laughs> you know, seventeen seconds in, the the guy draws the penalty. He's been so good this year. Um, they are going to try on a number of their UFAs, and you know, not all of them are going to have to wait till the end of the year. I think they'll get to some sooner. The one thing I've been told, the one thing working in Vancouver's favor with all these UFAs is this group likes Vancouver. They like the team success. They're not in a hurry to get out of town. When players want to return, that helps with negotiations. The perception of Vancouver is changing in the NHL, and that happens when you get the right management group and and, and obviously a well-respected coaching staff, and all of a sudden everybody wants to stay and play. I've, I had agents who, you know, the Canucks have had a bad before this year. They've had a bad ten-year stretch. I had agents who used to rip the Canucks the last few years. They're not doing that anymore. I talked to one this morning who, you know, was sitting there saying, "Holy smokes, boy, did you guys turn it around in Vancouver?" And I said, "Yeah, this was a, this was a place you didn't want your clients to play, you know, a few years ago, and now you want them to play here." It's uh, the winning, the perception uh, of the of the Vancouver around the NHL has changed with this incredibly. You know, winning season they've had. Here's the thing with the UFAs. They're not going to sign them all, so the Canucks are going to need guys in Abbotsford to move up. The likes of Pod Colson, Baines, Carlson. Hey, can Cole McWard make the jump next year? Mm-hmm. That would help. If the Canucks don't re-sign Casey to Smith, and I have no information they're not going to, but can Arthur's Seelaws be the backup? Late last summer, the Canucks were seriously considering Seelaws for the backup role behind Demco. He had that great World Hockey Championship in Latvia, for Latvia, it was Casey DeSmith's agent who had permission from Montreal to talk with teams that called Vancouver and helped facilitate facilitate that trade for DeSmith. It was the agent that played a big role in that. Whether it's next year or the year after, you figure Seelovs at some point is gonna to have to uh he's gonna he's gonna have to make the team in Vancouver in the next year or two. But they're gonna need guys in Abbotsford to make the jump next year. There's no ifs, ands and buts about that. Yeah, where do you see a guy like Baines fitting in? What a week he had, eh? Uh, Abe. American Hockey League MVP, you know, the Surrey kid. But here's the thing, Jason. Everybody wants him in Vancouver now. Well, if there's a barrage of injuries, yeah, he's going to get the call. But take away the injury situation scenario for a second. The Canucks are in no hurry to call up young guys. There's a developmental process that has to take place. You call up a young kid and he struggles in Vancouver, his development could go backwards. Baines and Pod Colson, they're in the same boat. No yeah. rush to call these guys up. No rush. Now, I will say this. Baines has put himself in his position to get the call someday. The Obviously, management is absolutely impressed with him. His work ethic is second to none. Rutherford was in Al- Al- Abbotsford last week uh, checking out the prospects. And you know his history. He doesn't rush kids. So I think you're going to see... Them, Cook and Abbotsford, get a ton of minutes, play 20 minutes, power play, penalty minutes, all of them, not just, you know, Pod Colson and Baines.
2: Yeah, and all commit to a team too, right? Like go and yeah. do something in the playoffs.
3: Yes. And here's the other one for you, you know, um, play down there, get better every day, and then get called up. They, they want to call these guys up when they're ready to be everyday NHL players, not mm-hmm. just, you, you see Carlson going up like a suitcase back and forth. That's what they don't want for their young kids. Come up, one day go back down. You know, that's that's not what they want. They want these guys, you know, to, to establish good work habits in Abbotsford and then carry them over. It's been a good year for Canucks prospects. Baines, American League MVP, LeCarrie Mackey, World Juniors MVP, and this Ty Mueller kid nominated for the Hobie Baker. You know, the Canucks got criticized for drafting him last year as a 19-year-old in college, and a lot of people were like, you know, why are you guys doing this? He's You know, he's 19. You couldn't find someone in the Canadian Hockey League or, you know, someone younger. But this kid is, is you know, well, guess what? He's up for the Hobie Baker in the NCAA, and he's had a really good year down there.
2: Rick, enjoy the weekend, buddy. There's a lot of sports on, too. Canucks games plus the Super Bowl. We'll talk to you next week.
1: Adios. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. That's Rick Dollywell, Canucks reporter from the Donnie and Dolly Show on Check TV here. On the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Okay, it is a Friday here. That means we're doing What We Learns and Ask Us Anythings. This is your final chance, really, to get in What We Learns to win tickets. The final pair of tickets we are giving away. We're giving away every day this week a three-day tournament pass to the HSBC Rugby Sevens at BC Place, February 23rd to 25th. Not only will you get to see the Sevens and the Rugby, you also might run into Jason Bruff. Local celebrity Jason Bruff will be in attendance. He'll be sitting above you in the media perch, though. Yeah. Also, A Dog might go. I won't be. Uh, a Dog is a rugby guy now. Yeah, I'm becoming a rugby guy. Which is pretty cool. I like that. Anyway, uh, that, that, that's, that's a what we learned competition there, okay? So hashtag it WWL. Dunbar Lumber text line is 650, 650. You can put a rugby ball emoji. Save. Yes, there is a rugby ball emoji. Ticket emoji, Canada flag emoji, whatever. If you want to win the $100 gift card to AJ's Pizza, that's an Ask Us Anything thing. So you have to hashtag it AUA, and you have to put a pizza emoji mm-hmm. into the text. Everyone got it? There yeah. was an
0: AJ Ask Us Anything. What does AJ stand for? Do you know?
1: Uh, his first name is Anthony. His middle name is just J, Like Homer. Was Homer way J- less exciting Homer than I thought the J- Homer J. Simpson.
2: Uh, okay, I'm going to do a What We Learn. Go for it. Uh, it's being reported... On social media by PHNX Coyotes that per a government source, an Arizona Coyotes land deal in North Phoenix could be wrapped up in three months. Oh, no way. The 100 acres is right at the corner of the 101 and Scottsdale Road. I looked that up on Google Maps, and that's pretty close to Old Town Scottsdale, which I don't know how many people have been down there.
1: I'm more it, of a New Town Scottsdale guy.
2: Well, you should go to Old Town because it's a lot of fun. Although you might, oddly enough, ironically enough, you might be too old for Old Town Scottsdale because it's like a happening place. I it's went to too a crazy for Boytown. Too I, much for Boy for Crazy Town. <laughs> I went on a bachelor party to uh, Scottsdale, and we had a night there. And I'm like, I might be hanging him up here. This might be my last bachelor party. I'm, I'm out of it. Are you Biz, so nasty? Are you? <laughs> Biz nasty showed up to the bar. It was, it was actually kind of funny. Uh, at any rate, um, here is Elliot Freeman on the most recent 32 thoughts, talking about whether or not. This is the the, fi- the the final chance for the Arizona no, but this time, of, really? You know, this for real, time. this time.
4: They're on fourth down, and they've got to make a play. But what nobody really knows is what happens if this doesn't work. Is it sell to another ownership group in Arizona and then play at mullet until that happens? Is it go to Utah and then, as you and I have said, sort out the arena situation in Arizona and bring a team back when that's done? Is it go to Matt Ishbia, the owner of the Suns, and say, you have an arena there, or let's either join in or build a new one together? Nobody seems to know what's going to happen if we don't get clarity on this ownership group's latest plan. But I will say this, Jeff, there's there's a lot of skepticism. I think that the league is playing nice in the sandbox. Now, if this goes sideways, is Bettman going to bear his fangs? Absolutely, he will.
2: So Dave texts into the Dunbar-Lumber text line, so the Coyotes are going to play in a 4,600-seat arena for another four years? That is the issue with this. Well... There's a lot of issues. That's one of the issues with all this. It's also the Coyotes' complete inability, regardless of who owns the team, who's, you know, in charge of these projects, to get the ball over the goal line. As Elliot Friedman made the football, football illusion yeah. too, right? Like, you know, the, they just they just can't seem to get this done. Um, now there have been different owners, there have been different executives in charge of getting this thing done. Um, but I I still wonder if they're just going to relocate, you know, like Mm -hmm. this is, this is, this is, so they're going to have to win this land auction. And then I'm sure there's going to be some sort of consultation with the public about building this. There will be some people that will push back, you know, are they going to need any, um, Government subsidies, whether that involves, you know, an outright grant or whatever, or are they going to need the, some sort of government, um, you know, to, to borrow money on their behalf or to put in improvements that they want paid for. Um, you know, it's just, there's a lot that goes into building an arena And the Coyotes don't even own land yet. Yeah. Right? Like they don't even own. The the first step is. Three
1: months they might. They might. They might.
2: They might own it. So what is possible, I suppose, is that the NHL goes, okay, fine. You can give this one your last best shot. And if you get shovels in the ground by next season, you can stay. But if not, you're gone and you're relocating to Salt Lake. And if that's, that's probably my best guess on what's going to happen, but who knows at this point, who knows what's going to happen. I think what we've learned from the Atlanta to Winnipeg situation is that stuff can happen real quick. Like there don't, don't make no mistake. There are plans in the works to pull that off. Yep. Like they have, they have plans and they are ready to roll. Um, I think the Atlanta to Winnipeg move came in May and do you remember people were like, Whoa, all of a sudden I'm like, mm, not so all of a sudden, like they, they thought about this. There had been conversations. They just kept things quiet. And while it did seem sudden,
1: you know, it, it really wasn't. Yeah. It had been building behind the scenes for all right, a while.
2: Give us a mook out there.
1: Well, playing off off of Friege's football analogy there, I will mention that it was a huge night last night for the National Football League ahead of this weekend's Super Bowl. Uh, the awards were handed out and the Pro Football Hall of Fame Class of 2024 was announced as well. Let's begin with the awards. I'll run through these real quick. Uh, offensive and defensive rookies of the year both come from the Houston Texans. Kudos to C.J. Stroud, although I thought it was a little crazy that he got such an overwhelming amount over Puka Nakua. Whatever. Uh, Will Anderson on defense. So the real big winners from last night were the Houston Texans and the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns got the Defensive Player of the Year, Miles Garrett, the Comeback Player of the Year, and old man Joe Flacco, Coach of the Year, and Kevin Stefanski, who I think had 12 different quarterbacks last year. Mm -hmm. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Christian McCaffrey. Now, the interesting one, To cap it all off was that Lamar Jackson, unsurprisingly, was named NFL MVP. He was, Jason, one vote, one single solitary vote away from being a unanimous choice. He would have just been the second quarterback. He got it unanimously when he won the first one. Tom Brady got a unanimous one, but it doesn't happen very often.
0: Who got the other vote, do you know? Josh Allen. It was a Buffalo writer Yeah, they voted for him.
1: No, it wasn't. It was a guy that we've had on the show oh, before. I read that it was. No, Aaron Schatz was the guy that gave the lone vote to Josh Allen. It was not Seth Roroboff from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. So uh, what were... That's a deep that cut. Was a deep by that was a deep cut. By what
2: the were Lamar's overall numbers this season? Did they, did they jump out on, on a page?
1: Well, not compared to Josh Allen's, if you want to be dead honest. Uh, Aaron, under much scrutiny, actually did a pre-written statement explaining why he was the lone dissenter, because I think he knew he was going to be the lone person. Right. Um, so here's the thing. He's like, my Twitter is going to be a
2: nightmare for everybody.
1: Josh Allen led the NFL in total yards with four thousand eight hundred and thirty and total touchdowns with forty four. Mm-hmm. Despite winning the award, Lamar Jackson finished sixth in total yards and ninth in total touchdowns. But of course, his team had a better record. They were the best team in football. And you can understand how everyone got there, but kudos to Aaron, I guess. For it's hard to be the lone dissenter, I suppose. Yeah,
2: I just wonder how Lamar's season stacks up
1: with some of the MVPs. Like it was really good. Last few, it was really good. Of course, it was really good. It was really the MVP of the league. (laughs) You know, he was really good at football this year. Um, I, you know what? When I saw it um, explained as thoroughly as Aaron did, and he's we've had him on the show before. He's a very bright mind. He's a very statistically oriented football guy. Um you could make the argument that Josh Allen probably deserved it. He thought Josh Allen and Dak Prescott statistically had better years than uh, Lamar Jackson. But Lamar Jackson won it because of the the, the, Just the number
2: of TD passes, right? Yep. would he have 27? 27 passes? I know he, I know he's I mean Cuz
1: Josh he, Allen had a ton of rushing touchdowns this year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, anyway,
2: like like Patrick Mahomes has had a 50 touchdown season right
1: yeah there, there have been some gaudy passing ones like Brady yeah. had a couple the year that he had Randy Moss right he threw for like 9,000 touchdowns and Peyton had that
2: the, his first year in Denver like yeah. had that crazy amount of touchdown
1: passes. I want to say yeah. yeah something like that anyway the other big news from yesterday just something you want to chime in with their laddie no
0: I thought I was gonna mook out
1: not yet because I need to talk about the pro football hall of fame class led by two Seattle Seahawks legends Dwight Freeney and Devin Hester <laughs> two more Seahawks make the Hall of Fame remember Jerry Rice former Seahawks legend made the Hall of Fame here's another two so wait Dwight Verini Devin Hester Andre Johnson so another big night for the Houston Texans Julius Pat- Peppers Patrick Willis and then Randy Gratishar and Steve McMichael made it as the guys that have been in- waiting for a long time right. they're called the senior pro football Hall of Fame class inductees Okay. they go into the seniors wing they eat dinner at four o'clock <laughs> um, anyway so there's your that's all the news and notes from Super Bowl weekend uh, kudos to all the winners and kudos to Seahawks legends, Dwight Freeney and Devin Hester for getting into the football.
2: All right, give it. us a moo cow on that. We got one final segment to go on the Halford and Bruff show this week. Last call, ask us anything's pizza emoji for the $100 gift card to AJ's ticket emoji, Canada flag emoji, rugby ball emoji, whatever you want for the best what we learned and that is a competition for the Rugby Sevens tickets. A pair of Rugby Sevens tickets for the best one. what we learned. It is a three-day event at BC Place, which is just one stadium. You're listening to the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.
0: Big opinions and good bets. It's the people Show with Big Nizar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Kelowna, Faria. West Coast.
4: Coast. <laughs> yeah, Kelowna, baby, best place in the world right here. Kelowna, Kelowna, Kelowna,
1: Hey, thirty-four on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Ruff, Sportsnet six fifty. Halford Ruff, the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the delaria difference today by visiting your nearest Delario Acura dealer today. We are in Hour 3 of the program. Hour 3 is brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Uh, I did my what we learned. Jason did his what we learned. Uh, Laddie A. you guys don't have what we learned today, correct?
0: I want to do a shout out to my mom. It's her birthday.
1: And she's listening. happy, happy birthday,
0: birthday Mrs. Laddie. <laughs> I don't think she's ever been called that.
1: it's her new nickname? Happy
0: birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Mrs. Laddie. Thanks, A Dog. <laughs> <laughs> mook out that. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, Mom. Oh, no.
1: That. It's a hard turn for your mother, but we're going to mook out that. Okay, uh, let's fire up the dot matrix. Print out some humanoid submissions for what we learned and ask us anything. What we learn humanoid edition is brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation at two hundred dollars off. Visit them online at GetFirePlan.com.
0: So, uh, oh my God, we're having
1: a fire plan. Wow. Administrative nonsense. Yeah, he's just excited. <laughs> I haven't to done give that away. in a while. He's just excited to give away some stuff.
2: Uh, so the winner of the rugby tickets goes to Sean from Surrey. What we learned: this is sad. My wife and kid are probably not getting me anything for Valentine's Day. Might as well get some tickets for the rugby game and say it is from the loves of my life. Now, say it – well, the loves of your life are the Halford and Bruff Show. Yeah. Um, Which is weird and sad. Yeah. Yeah, that could be taken either way. Do you think he means us or do you think he means he's going to pretend that his wife and kid gave him the rugby tickets? I
1: don't know, and I'm not sure which one is better.
2: Yeah. Or worse. Well, I hope you have fun, Sean. They're not going (laughs) to get you anything for Valentine's Day. Definitely – Go to all three days of the event. Do not invite them. Invite a buddy to each game each day.
1: Or just have an empty seat beside you. A reminder of the emptiness. Because your family did not get you a Valentine's Day gift. That got dark. Okay. Uh, Who's got the uh, AJ's winner? The Ask Us Anything.
2: Uh, I will once again find that. And I think it is going to Derek with an Ask Us Anything. Now, we've kind of been down this road before. Uh, but I want to discuss this because I think there's going to be some disagreement in the studio. Okay. Ask us anything. Battle of the head coaches in the ring. Okay. Current day Rick Talkett versus current day Rod Brindamore. Who wins? Okay. Now, you guys go with your takes because you seem very certain of this.
1: Well, I got, I got a lot of thoughts here. And I, I got a lot of thoughts. So the my immediate instant gut knee jerk reaction was Brindamore because in their current state, I think it's unquestionable that Brindamore is more physically fit. Do we all we can agree on that, right? Right now, I don't think talk, it's like out of shape. I didn't say talk, it was out of shape, but of, of the two, it, uh. Uh, no, I didn't. I insinuated that Rod Brindamore is the most in shape coach potentially ever mm-hmm. of all the sports uh, I bet he could probably play and kick some ass right now if he had to yeah that being said I did the research I want to bring research and facts this isn't just an opinion based thing uh, I went to old hockeyfights.com. Rod Brindamore career fights 28 can you even guess how many Rick Talkett had over his NHL career
0: 52
1: oh, keep going over 100 A hundred and fifty six career. A hundred and fifty six. And he's not fighting Mike Madano. Now you learn a thing or two here when you fight one hundred and fifty six times. I say. Have you changed your mind already? I'm going with Rod still, but I'm allowing that if they let dirty stuff go. And maybe, like, they go WWE style and, like, Earl Hebner gets knocked out and doesn't see what's going okay. on in the ring. Y-
2: you had a much, much, much stronger opinion during the break. And as usual, you've watered it down. So I'm going to go to Laddie. Laddie, you had a strong opinion
0: that mm-hmm. Rod Brindamore this would is why win. As as I, well. I was going to well, counter that. I'm going to say most of those that. fights came early in his career. A lot of the them latter did. half of Talkett's career, he didn't fight all that much. and. Older even now, Old so time. I think I you know. Rod you don't Rindamard. forget how to
2: do headbutt. <laughs> he's true. Like this is not we're talking. This is a street fight, dude. Rod, you don't think yeah. Rod could headbutt. Rod too? could
0: beat up most of the players on his team. So currently. you
2: you think it's Rod? So could Rick? Believe me. Well,
0: he could. Yes, you're right. He's well, done it. Rod would why, take the headbutt and not even flinch. He true. Like, what? I f- I on, was feel bad for picking Rod because I love Rick so much and he's a friend of the show and he might be listening right now and. And he's going to kick my butt if he hears my opinion. <laughs> yes, after I'm done beating up Brendamore, I'm beating <laughs> guys, up the dog. Guys, Rick
2: Tockett would win this fight. No question in That's my mind. You're just no, riding high. No question rolling. in my I mind. I think it would be Rod. close. Rod, I don't, I don't think it would be a you have clear to, cut. You have, close. To, you have to know how to fight. Go Google some of Rick Tockett's old fights. He's fighting guys like Bob Probert. He's headbutting them like he he will fight dirty. R- R- Rick Tockett probably just like he, he probably has brass knuckles with him that that, that, that out of out of nowhere <laughs> like Rod Brindamore is like you know like it, it reminds me of the uh, you know like. Uh, what was that show where he's like, uh, I play real sports. I'm not trying to be the best at exercise. He's like, down. Kenny down. Yeah, Powers. right. Like so, Kenny Powers would be Rick Tockett in this, and everyone's like, Oh, Rod Brindamore's in the
0: best shape. You're yeah, making right. it sound like Brindamore was fighting Alexander Semen. You know, he's got Aginla, Barnaby, Bob Bugner, Brad May. These are legitimate fighters that he had to take down. Mm-hmm. during I his bet
2: he career. just could. You go watch. Go watch the fights. I bet he was just hanging on there, like <laughs> doing one of those hang on fights, just like dancing around <laughs> while Rick Tockett is just like throwing bombs at these yeah, guys. It
1: turned into a Greco-Roman wrestling match. Rod Virdmore just bringing the guy down. Oh my head!
2: Like gone. of 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 all the weeks too, Toby Keith passes away, and we're not going to give Rick Tockett like I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once. As I ever was, and I just nailed it! it Wow, like Rick. You'll never do that again, but I guarantee. I would guarantee. I would make this minus five hundred. Your lock of the week now. This is is my new lock lock of the the week week, that Rick (laughs) Tockett would beat Rod Brenda Moore up.
1: Yeah, I can't. I I got chastised for trying to have a nuanced, wholesome, which is a very important debate. Obviously, who's going to beat? your coach or my coach, who's going to beat the other one up. And that got somehow reframed as me being weak in an opinion. I have to take into account that my odds-on favorite, Rod Brindamore, those odds get evened out a little bit more because Tockett knows how to fight. That's the key. Yeah, well, that's why I'd
0: be close. It wouldn't be
1: a runaway for either. And as Jason astutely points out, he might know how to fight dirty. Matt
2: from Maple Ridge, being in shape and fighting are two different conversations.
0: Absolutely.
1: I have time for that.
2: When George Foreman won heavyweight of the year or, the or, or guy. <laughs> when he won the heavyweight title, um, I guess was he he was he, he was heavyweight champ earlier when he was skinnier, right?
1: When he was a young man.
2: You when right? he was a young man and yeah. then he came out and he was like I remember watching that and being like,
1: What? Like this guy? He got older. He got wiser. He got dash strength and considerably fatter. Yeah, that was the other part of it too. That's what made the story so endearing. Mm. Is you got less in shape, but you're a better fighter, right? Anyway, it's the Rick Tockett story. There's a good text.
0: Is the fight happening on ice or is it a street brawl?
1: Ring. They said ring. Is it ring? Said ring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bubble Matthew, ask us anything. Where do you rank Al Pacino's inch by inch (laughs) speech in any given Sunday in the pantheon of sports movie speeches? I rank Bubble Matthew. Bubble Matthew, that's his name. Okay. It's like Bubble Demko. Yeah, I rank that one higher than Friday Night Lights. That's wrong. The Friday Night Lights speech is the greatest sports movie speech of all time. Better than
0: Miracle on Ice?
1: Yeah, Miracle's in the conversation for like top three. Uh, Hoosiers is in there as well. But Friday Night Lights, the be perfect speech in the room with Booby Miles standing there. and It's delivered. I-, I tried to paraphrase it for the baseball team this I year. I think
2: that might be my favorite sports movie. Friday Night Lights. Lights. It is yeah.
1: almost the perfect sports movie. Yeah. It hits all the notes. Mm-hmm. Um, I always
2: talk about that scene where they're coming out onto the field. Yeah. That'll give at you- At the a... Astrodome. That'll get you going. And not only are you fired up for the team, you the way the camera work is done and the way they pan mm-hmm. the Dallas Carter team, Yeah, and you're like- Ooh, those guys look tough. Yeah, you're even scared. The, even the cheerleaders were intimidating.
1: Yeah, you're like, you're going to get hurt today. Dallas Carter is going to hurt you really uh,
2: bad. Ask us anything unsigned. How much of the Canucks' success this season comes down to the fact they haven't had a lengthy injury to any key players? A lot of it. A lot of it. Yeah, it's okay to admit that the Canucks have been healthy and that has helped. They were due to be healthy. Do you remember all the injuries they had when they were a bad team? And people would get frustrated when Jim Benning would bring it up. Um, And it did sound like an excuse, but it was certainly a contributing reason. Look at some of the teams that have dealt with injuries this season. You know, the first one that comes to mind is the New Jersey Jersey Devils, Devils. right? Um, They've had their year
1: ruined by injuries, to be honest. Yeah,
2: and, and, and some free agent departures, I think, that. Uh um, you know, veteran defensemen that left and they were hoping some young guys could take over, and maybe, maybe it's been a bit of an adjustment. And of course, goaltending has been an issue for that team as well. Well,
4: I mean look, But a lot
2: like, of it, a lot of it has been injuries. Um, you know, when your key players are all relatively healthy and this is no disrespect to Kirsten Susie who's been hurt twice. Yeah. Um, but even Carson Susie, you, you do feel the absence of these guys. Um, hopefully this continues, that the Canucks can remain healthy. Um, but I don't think there's anything wrong with admitting that it has been a big part of the success of the team.
1: I may be, We may have a huge development here, by the way. My buddy Reed just <laughs> texted me. Okay. You know what he found? What? You know what he found on YouTube, a clip of? What? A Rick Tockett versus Rod Brindamore fight.
0: Oh, who wins? Who wins? Don't say anything I yet. Yet. Well, no, we'll, I'll find the clip. I'll find the clip.
1: 1993 94. Talk Tockett is a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Brindamore as a member. It looks like I want to see Philadelphia. This okay. could be. This could be. I mean, but it, this was thirty years ago, right? But this could be huge, right, for the purposes of our conversation. Okay. Uh Laddie won last year, 123. And a penalty coming up here against the Penguins as Recky drags it up into the Penguins in. We got a fight breaking out with Talkett and Rod Brindomore. Back in uh Philadelphia territory and
0: now right by Talkett knocks down Brindamore. Took him down. Well, talkett knocked down Butsayev right before Butsayev went to the bench at the end.
1: He also took up Butsayev. <laughs>
0: Or oh. So,
1: Talkit won that fight. Oh, I was
0: hoping they'd be like, oh, God, there's so much blood.
1: Uh, oh, it's chaos. Talkit <laughs> does a
0: pretty epic takedown in the video. So, find...
1: Talkit talk it by, like, clear decision. Clear decision. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just watching it now.
0: The takedown seals <laughs> well, it Well, this certainly you makes it. You can actually, actually hear Rod just like, please.
1: <laughs> Dear God, no. Oh, the humanity.
0: <laughs> um, he actually pins Rod, like, against the glass as he's punching him. It's a really weird So, now down.
1: the question is.
0: He's like, I play real sports. Yeah, does he? <laughs>
1: I ain't in there lifting weights, pretty boy. Um, I now wonder, 30 years later, does do they the, want a rematch? Yeah. Does, is, is Brendan Moore been haunted by this for yeah. 30 years? <laughs> Talking would have the fear advantage, <laughs> but Brendan Moore would have the motivation. Oh, my God. Thank you, Reed. I appreciate that, buddy. That's really uh, good.
2: Brandon in Vancouver, this is a great ask us anything. Okay. Let's say the exact same trade package that got Lindholm also could have gotten Gensel. Who would you rather have?
1: Wow, that is a really good question. Uh,
2: for me, um, at the risk of at eight forty seven on a Friday saying something that might anger certain Canucks fans, uh,
1: Gensel. Really? Yeah, because I think he would have been a better fit with Petey. Interesting. I would have still gone with Lindholm. I think the versatility is the, the versatility. Key. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong. Both are good. Mm-hmm. But um, if I if you were to just put me like I mean right Gensel's, on-
2: Gensel's more in form right now.
1: Gensel would be a more logical fit for Petey, like you said. Mm-hmm. Goal scorer, finisher, you get the center, here's your winger. Lindholm is a much more uh, useful fit when it comes to versatility and what talk it can do yeah. with the line. No, both, for sure, for they sure. They both make sense. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, here's an unsigned one. But don't you think it, it, would,
2: it says something? Do you think the Canucks could have got Gensel for that package? I don't.
1: I bet he would have cost more.
2: Yeah, you
0: know? he would have.
1: Yeah. I bet he would have cost more, and I can't explain why. Does that make sense? Because he's having a better season like I think the I think
2: the he's Lind- currently the like, but he player. plays
1: the position that's inherently less valuable I guess yeah yeah but you know cur- what I mean like I agree better, with you though. like I would yeah first blush yeah Gensel would cost more yeah but when I think about it with my logical mind like I tried to do with the Brindamore Tocket fight mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it, didn't, it doesn't make <laughs> and, any sense and then
2: Halford's logical mind just watered it all down to
1: like who knows it's a toss-up <laughs> yeah 50-50 but I like the revenge factor now uh, this is the what we learned Anna, and an ask us anything Uh, The BC Lions are having mascot auditions on March 1st, so that's the what we learned part. The Ask Us Anything is, if if you could be a mascot for any team, who would you like it to be for and what mascot character? Um, I would want to be a mascot for an English Premier League team, because I don't know if you've seen this Twitter account, but there's a Twitter account out there solely dedicated to pictures of UK-based mascots having to do moments of silence. So they bring them oh, out incredible. they bring them out on the field.
2: Because Remembrance Day is a big deal there.
1: And it really they do a lot of them. Like anytime yeah. anyone passes away, mm-hmm. it's like it's Sir William Jinglehofer and he died <laughs> and they do a moment of silence. <laughs> and then he, he left us too young, you was yeah. hundred and seven. <laughs> right? He had so many more years to give. And then it'll be a West Ham and there'll be this gigantic hammer with his head bowed. Right In the lineup with the rest of the Walking players. Walking away slowly. Yeah.
0: Squeaky, squeaky,
2: squeaky. The West Ham Hammer <laughs> yeah. is amazing. He's great.
1: He's got a Dr. Martin shirt on. He looks sad. He's got these big googly eyes and he's bowed. It'd be funny
2: if they came call up- it a Dr. Martin
0: shirt? Doc Martins, right? Um, Dr. Martin here. I don't Doc, Dr. Martin is his father. <laughs> Please call me Doc. Um, It'd be funny anyway. if they had different googly eyes they like could change up for those moments so you could put on like, sad eyes. I, right, yeah. Like, okay, so silence.
1: just so we're clear... When we talk about the BC Lions mascot edition, and another great, uh, like subtext to this is that Jason went and looked it up and it's, it's listed under the careers
0: section. Yeah. Yeah.
2: They're, they're seeking one. All right. Position key responsibilities. (laughs) Hold on.
0: Eight years in school. Hold on. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Masters would be preferred. Uh, (laughs) maintain, so maintain character and always remain professional. Okay. Yeah. Interact with kids and fans during events in a positive and exciting way. Right. Work with mascot spotter to ensure both fan and mascot safety. Yeah.
0: Why is don't pee, pee in your suit triple underlined? <laughs> For a... the love of God, yeah. if you have to use the
1: bathroom And sir, I
0: can't Do this not threat. do not pee in the suit. <laughs> sir, I can't stress They're this enough. Expensive. Do not take the head off to smoke a cigarette.
1: Oh, and
2: they've <laughs> got they've got the last line is other duties as assigned. Like that could be ribbon cutting, meaning. yeah. Funerals. You, you might be playing offensive line too. <laughs> Funerals. Are you Canadian? That would help the ratio. <laughs> hey,
0: so it's like a
1: We got an import rule on this. so there's <laughs> there's there's the the regular mascot Leo the lion, and they've added a second one, Rory. Nah, it's clever because it's R O A R. Wow. Now, is
0: this through the lines that they're hiring? Because a lot of mascots are independent. Right? No, this is through their the line. Thing. I love some, some sort of, of these qualifications. Party, like a monster <laughs> mascot for agents. agents. Yeah,
2: right. <laughs> some of these qualifications must be comfortable performing in front of large crowds. Do you imagine if the mascot was like, ah,
1: a little anxious? a lot
2: of people out there.
1: <laughs> well, I'm inherently shy. <laughs> Is that going to be a problem?
2: Good physical condition with the ability to withstand the demands of performing in a costume. You know who should apply for that is Rod Brindamore. It's true. After the Hurricanes go out in the second round again.
1: And he gets knocked out by Rick Dock. All right, let's set
2: up the weekend because it's going to be an awesome sports weekend. The Canucks play twice and they are both morning affairs for us. Repeat Games are on in the morning. Saturday, they are in Detroit. That's a 10 a.m. start time for the Canucks. Sunday morning, that is Super Bowl Sunday, 10.30 a.m. start against Alexander Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals. So um, we already talked about this on the show, but if you're first joining us or if you're joining us now, um, there's no excuses of being the tired team in Washington Washington is a team that has lost a bunch of games in a row. They are not a good team, and they also have to play Boston on Saturday in a nationally televised game. So both teams will be playing uh, with 24 hours rest. I actually think the Canucks might be even more rested by, like, two hours. I think it's like a 12, 30 start. It's true. They for do get a for the like Capitals and the Bruins against the Bruins, uh, Capitals and Bruins. Yeah. So, um, Certainly an opportunity to win one, hopefully two games for the Canucks, and then the road trip ends in Chicago. So I'm still expecting, and I think the Canucks should expect, to go 3-2 and on this road trip, despite the fact that they had a pretty disappointing loss to the Boston Bruins last night in Boston. And then it is the Super Bowl between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are two point favorites. Halford thinks they're going to cover that and obviously win the Super Bowl. I'm taking the Chiefs plus two. I do think the Chiefs will win. Patrick Mahomes is the
1: reason why, and also it's a psyop. There's that. <laughs> I'm glad we went. To, I'm glad we went away with that, which is really. Really the takeaway from Super Bowl weekend. I will remind you, as I am contractually obligated to do for the last time this week, that if you would like to watch the big football game and go to a big football party, uh, visit the Clayton Public House. Uh, visit them online at com. Uh, we are having a party. It's hosted by SportsNet 650. It should be a lot of fun. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. As Jason mentioned, it's a great sports weekend, especially Sunday. We will be back on Monday to talk about it all. But for now, we got to go. Signing off, I have been Mike Alford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A Dog. And he's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on SportsNet 650.
3: We come back next week ready to go. And turn it up a notch.